0: The Sex Ed with Tim podcast is recorded on the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabe, the Chippewa, the Nodanshoni, and the Wendat peoples, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit, and Métis people. We acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13, signed with the Mississaugas of the Credit, and the Williams Treaty, signed with multiple Mississaugas and Chippewa bands. You're listening to Sex Ed with Tim. <laughs> <laughs> hello and welcome to another episode of the sex ed with tim podcast i'm your host tim certified sex educator i identify as a chaotic homosexual (laughs) and are you from tennessee because i have an erection (laughs) what who submitted this um sorry court like i (laughs) (laughs) i didn't even understand that joke I guess it's supposed to be like, are you from Tennessee? Because you're the only 10 I see. Um,
1: see.
0: I've been asking my listeners to give me their best pickup lines. Okay. And they've constantly disappointed me. (laughs) This is so dumb. I'm gonna
1: try it. I'm gonna try that one. And see how it works for me.
0: Are you from Tennessee? Because you're the only ten I see. I mean, yeah. yeah. Or like, are you Wi-Fi? Because I feel like we got a connection. Or I don't know. Oh, wow. pants from space because your ass is out of this world. These these sound like um like dad pickups. They do, and uh, yeah, I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I love a good dad I'll joke. Swear. I love a good yeah, dad joke. Oh, <laughs> my God. But speaking of daddy, uh, Daddy Court <laughs> is here. <laughs> uh, you, you know my name already. Thank you. Daddy Court. Um, <laughs> daddy but, Court. I'll take it. Take me to court. Uh, <laughs> I... I Want to first say thank you so much for coming on the show because I've been like a fan yeah. of your work. I've been following you on social media for quite a while now, but please Same. don't let me like toot your horn. Please introduce yourself to our audience.
1: Great. Um, thanks for having me. Um, I've also been following you on social media for a while, um, so it's good to be here. My name is Court Vox. I'm a sex and intimacy coach based in Los Angeles, California. And I work with GBTQ men, and I also work with straight women and straight couples.
0: I love that. So what exactly is it that you do with with your work in like intimacy or however else, somatic sex education even?
1: Yeah. So I I pull from a lot of different modalities in my work. I pull from somatic sex education. I pull from Tantra. I pull from BDSM practices. I'm also a trained um, surrogate partner intern. So I have a lot of trainings that i pull from i'm currently i'm um, studying how to use more hypnosis in my work as healing modality and also in kind of kink and bdsm play which is really fascinating and exciting so i'm always kind of expanding my offerings but i would say at, at the core of my work i'm a kinky somatic let's put it that way um
0: <laughs> i am
1: you know i <laughs> I, I think when i when i work with clients i i work in a couple different ways i I do workshops, so I have a couple of things coming up. I have a workshop with Damien Dragon around power dynamics and BDSM practices coming up in July, and then I have a men's retreat that's around sacred sexuality coming up in Mexico in September, and then I also work with clients in what I call immersion, one-on-one private immersion, and I work with clients for three days minimum, and that's like a it's like a mini-retreat for an individual person. And the curriculum really ranges depending on what that person is wanting to experience, work on, push push through certain obstacles that they're experiencing. Yeah, so those are kind of the the three areas that I work. I also work for a women's retreat company called Back to the Body, and I do about eight retreats a year. And those retreats are really focused and pull from somatic sex education and the Back to the Body method.
0: Ooh, oh, my gosh, he's a multi-hyphenate. Um, (laughs) i did have an episode previously on uh, somatic sex and uh, for those of you who have not listened please go back and listen to it it's amazing but if you don't want to we're gonna explain it again here, but uh, could you please explain to us what exactly is somatic sex education from your point of view?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's the the school. It's also talked about it as sexological bodywork, which is a little misleading because it's not necessarily bodywork, right? So when I say sexological bodywork, people are like, oh, you're a massage therapist. It's like, no, it's not (laughs) what I do. But bodywork is a part of of my offering. The bodywork, I would say, is different than traditional bodywork in the sense that I'm asking people to be active receivers. So unlike traditional massage where you're just kind of passive receiving, I'm really asking you to be present, to stay aware, to use breath and movement and sound and also your voice to express desire and wants and to kind of direct me, um, which is very different than what we're used to in traditional body work so that's one of the the ways that i work with clients in that modality but body-based exercises is another one so pulling from the work of betty martin dr betty martin um, and the wheel of consent work
0: oh i love that
1: yeah and i think like that work is really kind of at the foundation of my offerings in terms of how i set containers and it really allows an expansiveness to take place in other areas, whether that's explorations in, in more tantric practices or explorations in BDSM practices to have that kind of foundation of consent work and understanding of um, knowing your yes and knowing your no and being able to negotiate. Those are really important skills to have
0: i agree and what i also want to highlight is when you said like breath work and staying in the moment it's easier said than done <laughs> i'm gonna be honest uh, yeah because what i'm fucking i'm thinking about where am i gonna eat afterwards uh <laughs> <laughs> like why is it so important to stay in the moment? Why is it so important? Well, I think that
1: really varies from person to person. But I, I think if someone were coming to me and saying, I have a really hard time staying present, you know, the, the focus would be around how to stay present and what's coming up as an obstacle to stay present, right? And a lot of times it is boredom a lot of times it, yeah no I'm, I'm just yeah, being real it's boredom but uh, boredom in a way that we don't have the tools to get out of it right so instead of like oh my god I have tools to actually move me back into presence I'm, I'm just defaulting to making my laundry list of things I have to do which leads to me like wanting to come really fast and getting it over with and you know with gay men I find we spend so much time looking for sex and cultivating sex, but we don't spend enough time actually having sex. You know, it's like we spend hours and days finding that right person and that right experience to have. And then, you know, 15, 20 minutes we're out the door. And you know, what I am coaching people also in is like how to stay with erotic endurance. And that's not the same as stamina, which is I'm going to fuck you for an hour straight. It's like, no, but seriously, how how do we stay in erotic connection in erotic space together that can look more of like a an unlinear line as opposed to this straight line up to the climax and ending and then thank you so much goodbye, you know it's like how can we stay in that kind of those trance states those feelings of like that soupiness right Osho talks a lot about this of why we're so drawn to sex. And he gives kind of three things. The first one is that we, we lose ourself and our ego. It drops away. When we're having really good sex, I'm not thinking about who I am in the world and who you are in the world and what you do and your status and mine. Like, it just drops away. And the other thing is we kind of go back to being natural. As a tree is natural, as a flower, as the earth. It's so
0: carnal and primal and like. Yeah, like when
1: sex is good, we're we're like not really bodies anymore. We're energies kind of morphing together. Mm -hmm. And the the third one is timelessness. You know, it's not that time stops existing. It's just that we're not worried about time, right? When we're in really in touch with erotic connection and erotic space with when I'm connected to somebody like that, three hours could go by. Right. And we, we come out of this soupiness and it's like, Whoa, where were we? And that, that takes training, right? That's not something that people are used to. And, you know, I'll work with clients in that way. And I'll say, how long do you think we've been in this experience together? And they'll say, I don't know, like an hour, like we've been here for three hours. And they're like, wow, I can't even believe that. You know, it's because you lose sense of time. It's not important anymore, right? And that's such a beautiful thing where we're always on a time crunch. We're on a a time schedule. I'm going to say men in general are so worried about being hard. We're so worried about coming that it becomes like this fast, like we got to get there. We have a destination.
0: You need to get there. Yeah, it's a destination.
1: And and, and because it's a destination, we got to get there fast and get it done. like be efficient with it, right? And with really, I'll just say for myself, when I have really good sex, it doesn't look like that. Like, I'm not fucking somebody for three hours. I might, you know, fuck them in and out for periods of time. Oh,
0: God. I'm exhausted. Yeah, it's fantastic.
1: It. <laughs> exhausted. Oh, my God. It's like. You know, when, you know, knowing that I have that capacity and knowing that that's a meal that I have tasted, for me to have 15 minute, 20 minute sex, feels like a fast food meal that I don't really care for.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree. I have been in that kind of space, that polarity, like, you know, uh, one quick grinder hookup and it's like you know, 15, 20 minutes of whatever. And it was like. Oh, in his stairwell with this ankle monitor i don't, I don't want to get <laughs> yeah. Yeah. sounds interesting yeah okay. th- that can be exciting yeah that was a, quite a fun time but i also want to like juxtapose that with my time as an escort when i had a client who he paid me for like a six hour session but at the end of the session after the six hours was done he was like that felt so quick that felt like time just went by and all we did was like cuddle and you know of course we had sex and like penetration but like it was a lot of like touching and a lot of like care and talking and intimacy and i feel like that's something that a lot of guys like forget or or like we lack and i'm wondering why is it that it's mostly men and I guess I'm speaking from experience, mostly gay men that are like, you know, they're, they're missing such a fundamental part of the sexual experience.
1: You know, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say it's everyone. It's not just gay okay. men. Um, yeah. You know, I, because I work with so many different bodies, I, I will say it's everyone. You know, I think we're not we're not equipped we're not, and we're also not comfortable with it, right? Mm. It's like, oh my God, this is very intimate and this is very unfamiliar and I'm not quite sure how to stay here, right? And so instead of being uncomfortable and staying or reaching for new tools, right? How can I use games and language and play and sensuality and different forms of touch and toys and all these things that really like are at our disposal if we're willing to learn how to use them. But these are things that we're, we're not taught. And I think we kind of expect as a culture in general, and I'm just, I'm just saying all people, we just expect that we're supposed to be sexually equipped um, because we're born as sexual humans. And yes, we are. We're born as erotic humans. And then for our entire lives, our culture beats it out of us. All the ways that we are able to express and release energy and express emotion, we're told not to. And so it's almost like a relearning. It's a relearning of how to come back to our bodies and come back to our body autonomy, as well as learning actually new skills that help us to find where the juice of our eroticism lives.
0: The juice. Oh, I love that. Well, can you explain a little more as to what that juice is? Like, what does that look like? How does it present itself in the body?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's different for everybody. You know, in my the retreat that I'm, I'm hosting in Mexico in September, it's all around sacred sexuality. And, you know, there's this idea that, like, sacred sexuality is a one-size-fits-all and there's these group of people that do this like well tantra is the way and it's the white robes and we're all going to be very sensual together and it's like yes that might be your pathway to your sacred sexuality and it might not be mine or yours yours might come at the bottom of someone's boot right <laughs> that might be your stake. No, I'm being very yeah, real. You yeah, know. I agree. It might come in your surrender or your dominance or whatever that looks like. And so, you know, what I offer is a very broad menu of things to explore so that you can choose at the end. This is what turns me on or all of this turns me on, right? For me, like my, my erotic needs are really high. I have high erotic novelty needs. And I can play in all those spaces and sensuality and dominance and sadism and masochism and rope bondage. And, you know, those are all things that I have access to. And really, it's really dependent on who I'm with. Like that is kind of the the secret sauce of what's going on. It's like, if I'm with somebody that is not into being spanked, it's not really that exciting for me. Of course. But someone who's like, yes, spank me more. I'm like... (laughs) Yes, I'm there for it. And if I'm with somebody that's like with, you know, wants to be very sensual and quiet and move very slowly, that can be really delicious for me too. Mm -hmm. So I think finding your juice is like a really individual thing. It's not something that I can just say, this is the juice, here it is. Um, (laughs) It's more, it's an exploration and people need to be curious and, and willing to kind of figure it out.
0: Right. What are some of the things that you think can block individuals from finding that juice?
1: Ooh, so many things.
0: So many. <laughs> but in your in your work, like what have you observed?
1: I mean, there's all kinds of traumas. There's sexual trauma, there's relational traumas that people have have experienced. There's cultural traumas. A cultural trauma for example in gay community is HIV and even monkeypox, right? These are things that we have experienced as a culture. That were really fucking scary, you know, for people, for clients of mine that lived through the AIDS crisis, and then had to deal with COVID, and then got got hit with the monkeypox. After it was like a re-traumatization of a lived experience, and you know, when you think about it, those diseases you start to equate sex with death, and that's a fucking scary place to be, right? So there's that.
0: There's also you know uh, sorry I was just like thinking about like when you when you put together gay sex specifically gay sex with contagion and uh, like it's heartbreaking. It's really
1: it's so shitty, you know. And I, I think it's it's something that no other community has really had to deal with in this way. And I don't know that people fully understand like the depth of it. You know, religion is also a huge hurdle for a lot of men, especially queer, queer bodies of just growing up in like fundamentalist Christian atmospheres. Catholicism is horrible, you know, a, um,
0: Catholic. Right yeah. <laughs> and
1: you know I'll get to Catholicism in a minute, ah! but also um, Mormonism, there's just such repression there. And like the inability to be yourself and to be feel safe in those containers is not available. You know, with Catholicism, it's it's really one of the only religions that doesn't facilitate movement in your in their prayer, right? So if you look at like the shakers and even like the baptists, you know, there's a lot of like movement and they're actually cultivating arousal in their prayer, right? And so it's almost like there is an embodied sacredness in their movement, in their connection with spirit, right? When you go to Catholicism, Catholicism, it's very like you're stuck in position, right there, right, and that you know it's like how the the projection becomes outward instead of inward, right? It's not an embodied practice. It's a I'm dependent on my sacredness outside of myself, and so a lot of this work is is. Doing away with those scripts that are not just in our brains, but they're really in our somatic tissue, and finding new neural pathways, um, and that takes time sometimes. Of course, um, and it takes like a consistent messaging of like it's actually safe enough for me to go here. It might be uncomfortable, but it feels safe enough. It and might.
0: it's going to be uncomfortable.
1: <laughs> no, it's going to be uncomfortable and yeah. discomfort. Discomfort is an amazing teacher.
0: Discomfort definitely breeds resilience. And, you know, I I find that uh, when you get, I I don't want to say uncomfortable or comfortable with the uncomfortable, but like when you face those hurdles and those obstacles and you really work that out through your own like meditation, your own practice or whatever, you come out better. Uh, And I'm speaking this as someone that's been in therapy for a number of years. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, I don't know if you come out
1: better, but you definitely come out different, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You come out, you know, having growth. You've moved forward and you've moved through something as opposed to I'm stuck in, in this script that I know is holding me back. Yeah, so those are those are a few things that kind of come up.
0: How would you approach a client in helping them over that hurdle? Like, say, I come to you as you know, as a gay man who has been sexually assaulted, and that specific incident is keeping me from having sex. Like, do you have like some sort of game plan that you put together, or like do you create uh, this? I don't know, this, this agenda, like, how do you go about that?
1: So my first question to that person would be, have you been working with a therapist at all? I would be reluctant to work with somebody right off the bat without them having done some kind of talk therapy prior. Or I would refer them to a therapist that I've worked with to kind of foster a talk therapy relationship with them maybe a few months before they come to work with me and then have that therapist be involved in the process um, as a as a kind of like a triad a triadic model as like a, a person that they can go to if there's something that they need assistance with that's outside of me and then that therapist actually continues on with them following our sessions together because my work is somatic it's it's embodied it's with touch with uh, body-based practices um, which is much different than talk therapy it's not really expect to be triggered but <laughs> You know there there are likely going to be triggers it's sort of like how does the trauma live in this person's body and i i don't really know that truly until i'm with them in body but for someone who has experienced sexual trauma if this is like their first foray into touch if their first foray into kind of erotic connection with somebody we're we're going really slow the curriculum is going to look much different than somebody who has not experienced sexual trauma or has dealt with a lot of it. And is just like, I wanna go deeper into my pleasure pathways and find new ways to communicate. Or I want new ways to communicate with my partner and different ways to show up. And I feel like there's more for me and I don't know what that is. It's a totally different client than someone who has has deep rooted trauma and, and is identifying with that. But yeah, there, there is a curriculum that I, I put forth and it always changes.
0: We'll be right back after this commercial break. Yes. Hey, you sick motherfuckers! I've got a special treat for you. Need a new toy to spice up your sex life? Head over to loveshop.ca slash and get yourself a cock ring, a dildo, a vibrator, or even a life-sized sex doll. <laughs> Damn, I guess love really does come in all shapes and sizes. Get 15% off your entire order when you use code SEXEDWITHTIM at checkout. They're shipping to all of Canada and the United States because North America is horny! That's loveshop.ca slash sexedwithtim and use code SEXEDWITHTIM for 15% off your entire purchase. Happy orgasm! Do you like feeling sexy and looking sexy? Of course you do. Only my listeners are sexy as fuck. I have partnered with fetishwear designer Dale Kuda to bring you the hottest deals on custom jock straps, harnesses, hats, and more. Head over to DaleKuda.com. That's D-A-L-E-K-U-D-A.com, and use code SexedWithTim at checkout for twenty-five percent off the entire store. Yeah, you heard me, 25% off, and cherry on top, free shipping, oh my god, I have a few of the stuff that he has made for me, and... Oh, mm, I'm wearing it right now. I'm wearing like a little jock strap so that I could easily just like slip a little butt plug or dildo every now and then here and there and I'm on the train and I'm just like, oh, 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 thank you, Dale. <laughs> That's dalecuda.com with the code sexedwithtim for 25% off your entire purchase with free shipping. With a deal like that, I swear I could come buckets mm-hmm. <laughs> The show is about to begin. Yes. Is it okay if I share like a real life example? Um, Because I have been raped twice in my life, and at some point when I tried to have sex post rape, my body like just like it, it shut down. Like my my asshole wouldn't open. I couldn't sustain an erection, and like it just felt almost as if I was trapped. So knowing that, how or like, what can I expect from a session with court? You know, like, well, how do we approach that?
1: I just first want to acknowledge um, what you just shared. And and um, thank you for feeling safe enough to share that. And I'm really deeply sorry that that happened to you. You know, I think, you know, having an awareness that the trauma is there is important but I am never going to go down a pathway that pokes at the trauma. So let me explain a little bit more. I would say to you, what do you want to experience today? How do you want to feel in your body when you leave today? And you might say, I wanna feel alive. I wanna feel exuberant. I wanna feel embodied. I wanna feel connected to myself. And I would say, great, let's let's do that. Here's one, two, three things that I feel could be exercises for us to do that with and you go great I would like to choose exercise number one and so we go about exercise number one and then I'm encouraging you to breathe and make sound and to move and all of a sudden I notice you freeze and then I would likely stop and I would say hey Tim I'm just checking in with you I'm noticing that your body is freezing are you noticing that no, I'm not noticing that. Or yes, I noticed that. Right. So you mentioned that you wanted to feel embodied, you wanted to feel connected, you wanted to feel alive. How could we move your body so that you can move more into this direction? And, you know, it's like as I'm sitting in this chair, I lose focus. And so in order to redirect my attention, I move, right? And this is also something that we can utilize in in sex with movement is, You know, I don't need to be on my back all the time. I don't need to be there. I can go on my belly. I can go on my knees. I can change my position to reorient my attention. I'd also say to you, would you like to continue? Will you direct my hands? And you might say, I need to stop for a minute. And I would say, thank you so much. Let's stop for a minute. Let's sit up and and maybe have a discussion. Is there anything you need from me right now? No, I just, I need to take a little break or I need some water. Great, let's do that. I I, I never push for you to push through something that is too hard. I like to, we call it like the yellow space or the learning edge of resilience. If you get to a red space that feels just like, fuck, this is too scary, right? My body is shut down. That's not going to really yield results for you or for me. It's not a place that I want you to be in. And so sometimes, if you're not able to express to me that that's what's going on for you, like I will notice that, right? Hey, Tim, I'm noticing you said you wanted to be open and free, and I'm noticing that your legs are closed, and I'm noticing that your body is stiff. What if you were able to just release? What would that feel like? And you might, you know, open your legs and And I might say, how does that feel? You know, so it's a very slow process, like how I would work in this situation. And I don't know your body. I, You know, I'm speaking to you as if I know your body, but I don't. It would be very like in the moment how we would move forward with that. And we might stick with that particular learning until there's a a feeling of, okay, I feel ready to go to something else.
0: Mm, Wow. And that, that feeling is totally up to the client, right? Like they would be like, all right, I think I'm ready to move on to the next step. And then there's always like, or is there like a goal that they come to you with that they want to achieve until they're finally ready to be like, I am sexually liberated. (laughs) (laughs) So
1: I feel like, I feel like, you know, I ask my clients to come with intentions. I also have like a four page intake form that I have people, fill out before they come. We have a an hour discussion even before they come to my studio around, I get really clear on what they're saying in the intake form. I get really clear on what they're wanting to get out of this. And then that's how I build curriculum for them. But there was one other piece of your question that I, I wanted to answer and I
0: I'm That's blanking okay. on
1: what it was. I'm sorry.
0: That's okay. Yeah. It was, we were talking about like how it presents itself in the body and like. Oh, the
1: thing uh, you asked, you know, it's up to the client to move forward. So, yes, yes, and no. You know, if, if I feel like the client is rushing, right, which is really common with men, of like, I'm rushing to hit my goal. I got it. I got three days. I got to hit my goal. Right. It's like a, a pattern we have. And so I might say, you know, I get that you are re- you feeling ready to move forward. And I'm just noticing that your body is not in the same place as you. Are you noticing that? You know, you're you're saying that you're ready to move forward, but you're still very stiff and closed and like a board. Do you notice your body's like stiff like a board? Yeah, I noticed that. Okay. So until until we kind of, like, work out what that is or how to release a little bit more, I I would probably suggest that we stick with those kind of exercises until we move into something that feels a little bit, like, deeper.
0: Court, this is so real. Every time I go to therapy, my therapist would be like, do you notice that your arms are crossed all the time? And I'm like, oh, I actually don't. <laughs> or, like, I, I'm hugging yeah. a pillow, not because of warmth, but, like… It, it, like for some reason he only brings it up when uh, we talk about my trauma with sexual assault and then i just like oh wow i didn't even realize i grabbed onto a pillow to like hug this is so mm-hmm. it's so real like <laughs> you, you don't really notice these kinds of things that happen to your body until like someone says it to you outright
1: yeah i think the other thing you know the, the kind of misnomer around trauma is that it's the experience that happened to you, right? And how somatics look at trauma is it's not the experience itself, it's how the experience lives in your body currently, right? So the experience is gone, it happened, right? But the the lived feeling of it is is sometimes still there, there's remnants of it. And how that manifests can look different in a lot of people. It can be stiffness in the body. It can be feeling kind of stuck in your throat or your belly might clamp. A lot of different ways. And so it's like identifying for you, you identifying it. For me to identify your trauma in your body is not cool. <laughs> <Like> <laughs> for me to, you know, there's there are practitioners that will say, I'm noticing a stuckness in your throat. Do you, do you feel that stuckness? And it's like the power of suggestion. You're like, oh, yeah, there's something stuck in my throat. You know, it's like I just gave you a new ailment to deal with. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> right? So I, I actually, I might say, you know, do you, like let's do a body scan. What do you notice happening in your belly, in your chest, in your throat? I, and you might say, I actually feel like I want to scream, but I can't. There feels like something is like stuck here. So you're naming that, not me. Great, I thank you for noticing that. Can we find breath that can help move it out? Is there a sound? Like, can you be loud? Like, what does it feel like you want to express here? And working with what you're identifying, not what I'm identifying.
0: I have to let you know exactly, because you can't read my mind or you can't like feel what I'm feeling. I actually have to tell you. (laughs) I have to be like, I'm feeling tight here.
1: That's a question we're not often asked.
0: Mm, that's We're true. not often asked. Yeah. What are you feeling in your body? Or like, or what um, are you noticing? What are you noticing? Like, yeah. Oh, that's so. I, I wish we would ask people that more <laughs> than like, <laughs> how are you feeling? Or like, reframe that question of like, especially when it comes to, you know, when the going gets tough like I don't know someone's mourning or uh, they're really like exhausted what are you noticing rather than how you feeling or or how you doing
1: <laughs> the most because I feel like you know how you're feeling is like how are you doing it's like well i i don't know I'm feeling kind of shitty you know or like I I feel good i i don't know like but but if ask what are you noticing in your body mm oh actually I feel like it, I feel like a little tightness in my chest. I feel like I could probably breathe a little bit more. Yeah, I'm noticing that I've been sitting in this position too long. Mm-hmm. You know it's a it's a bigger question.
0: Yeah. Because once you get your body right, you get your mind right in Haney. <laughs> <laughs> now, Court, I, I wanna ask you about like yourself when it comes to comes to sessions, because it seems like this is a lot of emotional work how do you stay grounded personally? And how do you keep yourself from getting that burnout?
1: So this is a good question. And I get asked this question a lot. I think, you know, early on in my career, I had this exploration of like, how do I, you know, I asked a lot of my mentors, I asked three, how do you keep yourself from feeling other people's stuff, emotions. Yeah. How, how, how do I keep, and one of them said, you know, after sessions, I touch the ground and I ground by putting my hands on the earth. And then the other one said, I do a wishing ceremony with smoke and I get everything out. And I was like, okay. And then the third one, which is the most real and probably the one that I live by is, he said, I don't. The fact is that I do, I am an empath. And I do experience people's pain and people's joy um, with them. And the same way that I coach people to move energy out of their bodies with breath and movement and sound, I use those to clear my own body, right? So if I, like there have been sessions where I've worked with people and, and the, the trauma that they're sharing with me is incredibly sad and heartbreaking and they leave, and I have to cry. I I allow myself to cry, and sometimes I, I put on music and I dance my face off, and then other times I will I will need to reconnect with my own erotic body in my in a mindful erotic practice, which is different than me masturbating to porn, right? <laughs> I need to like, no, it is, and I, I can yeah. give a whole other piece on on what that looks like, but it it's like a all these ways that I teach people to express and move energy, I also have to use those to keep myself open, right? Because that's what that's what really makes me good at what I do is that I am open to receive those things and I'm open to feel what they're feeling. The danger I think with practitioners is allowing it to stay there, right? Instead of m- moving it through my body letting it stick and live there without expressing it, it, it through, there's a danger in that. And I've definitely had moments where I felt that. And then I have to remind myself, you have practices. You have practices that you're also teaching people in order to move this energy. Get up, put some music on, cry your eyes out, allow the sorrow, allow the, the pain to express itself. You know, these are all practices and tools that I teach and that I also use myself.
0: Mm-hmm. This sounds like so much like energy, especially as an introvert. Uh, I feel like just, just hearing you talk about it, it's making me like, <laughs> whoa. Uh, so I'm wondering then, like, why get into this work in the first place, Court? Like, that's that seems like a lot.
1: <laughs> I absolutely, I love this work, you know, to see people... To see people and clients, you know, working with women who have never had orgasm before and, you know, who have orgasm for the first time, or people that are not connected to their bodies at all come out moving like you know, erotic Olympians, working with men who have never dated in their lives and then spending three days with me and maybe a couple days more go out and start dating people and and bring love into their lives and have tools to communicate and tools to express erotic desire. Those that's like super rewarding. And it's, it's not done enough. There's so few people doing what I'm doing. And it's hard because I, I think about how I could scale this and it's challenging. I'm only one person and my offerings are expensive and I can only see so many people a year. And I also like to eat food from Whole Foods <laughs> <laughs> and, and <Cheat> have <laughs> high, erotic, high erotic travel needs and food needs. And, you know, those are the things that feed me in order to feed other people. I have to feel fed, right? And when I feel fed, I, I, the, the gifts that I'm able to give are, are really kind of endless.
0: If you can't feed yourself, how in the hell are you going <laughs> to feed anyone else? Uh, what are the offerings uh, that you, you have for your clients?
1: I've already done two workshops this year. One was in Los Angeles. It's called Connect, 20 men. And then San Francisco, also for, for 20 men. Working with Finn Deerhart for both of those. And also Trevor James in Los Angeles. Those workshops are really about finding different erotic connection. We as gay men, as men, we're so focused on visual and so focused on you know, what things look like and erotically what things look like. And we lose focus on what eroticism feels like and what different bodies can feel like in our hands. And also the different ways that we're able to connect that are erotic that have nothing to do with our cocks. Actually, let me rephrase. That have everything to do with our cocks, <laughs> but don't ne- but don't necessarily include cock touch, right? So there's energy there, but I could be holding someone's hand in a way in which is so highly erotic. I remember my, my first gay experience was in a movie theater with a friend of mine's best friend, who was out and gay, and I wasn't out at the time. And we we're in this movie, and he reached for my pinky finger, and it felt like. I had been electrocuted. I felt like my whole body had been electrocuted and my cock was like, whoa, right? And so, you know, just the power that the whole body has, like we put so much focus on our cocks that we forget that there's over 33 erogenous zones in our body and that the way that we can cultivate full body orgasm and full body arousal is through our full body. (laughs) <laughs> that's
0: hot right? it, it, that's yeah so hot. it's really hot oh my god Oh, I'm going to need a <laughs> cigarette after <laughs>
1: <laughs> our form of education is really limited we're dependent highly on porn which porn is not the problem it's really not our education system is the problem porn is entertainment and it will continue to be around until the end of time it has its purpose and its reasons and its value
0: we need to understand it's really, not education. It is just. Right.
1: And I, and I, even even the porn that aims to be educational is still performative. Right. And so I just want to note that. And I have a lot of respect for adult performers and OnlyFans stars. It's a shit ton of work. And I think we forget that it's work. I feel like I was telling you something. and I, <laughs> <laughs> I lost Oh, so my offerings. That's Connect. The second offering that I have coming up is in July with Damien Dragon, and it's all around power dynamics and how to use power dynamics to also create more connection with people. I think, you know, playing with bondage, playing with sadism and masochism, playing with dominance and submission, you know, these are all things that can be parsed apart and and also played with all together. And I think when people say the word or the acronym BDSM, they forget that they're they're actually three different things and they don't apply to everyone. Not everyone is into deep sensation play or deep mental play. Not everyone's into bondage. The workshop is really about finding where your sweet spot is. I like to say like as a dominant, when I'm I'm looking for a submissive, it's like, it's not any submissive, right? It's the one where, where and my teaching partner talks a lot about this, it's like the horns in my head fit the holes in yours. Oh, wow. it's a match. Yeah, it's like like all my kinks meet your kinks, right? And your desires meet my desires, and so it's, it's this very beautiful consensual connection of meeting each other. It's not necessarily me forcing you. It's me forcing you if you want me to force you. Ooh. <laughs> right? So-, so, right. So that's what the workshop is about. Damien Dragon is a friend of mine and um, a pro dom and an adult performer based out of New York. And then I'll be working with two really seasoned somatic sex educators, Tantra practitioners at my retreat in Mexico in September. I think, you know, my retreat is expensive comparatively to what's available for gay men. And, you know, the, the biggest difference between what I offer and what's being offered is that you have one-on-one sessions every day with a practitioner like myself or the other two men that are there for 90 minutes. In addition, you have group erotic activities and workshops and discussions and men's groups. And this particular retreat, also, I'm working with a female shaman who will be doing temescal ceremony and cacao ceremony and sound healing we'll have other explorations in kind of sacred sexuality and what that means for you it's really hard to hire practitioners and say you're going to be doing this huge laborious work one-on-one and also group work and i pay my practitioners really well you know these are people that are are feeding themselves and like working professionals and so that's what people are paying for it's also in a beautiful retreat center in mexico in san miguel de allende and the food is is amazing and um private chef. So you know it's an experience that's that's not necessarily available elsewhere. yeah,
0: well, you're lucky that majority of my audience are gay men, so uh, yay, so <laughs> <laughs> all of y'all listening to this right now. You better make it out to Court's retreat because it sounds sexy, <laughs> and it sounds like you're also going to learn a lot about yourself. And oh, speaking of learning, I want to ask Court uh, just more, maybe like a personal question. What are some of the things that you've learned through your work from compared to like prior to starting uh, your journey as a somatic sex coach? Some of the things that you've learned now.
1: I'm kind of always in a different exploration. Like currently I'm in an exploration around male friendship and how to be in erotic connection with men without it being sexual. So I have, I have a very good friend that I do a lot of work with. We work so well together as erotic um, friends. So we, we share a lot with each other, but we're not sexual with each other. We're not touching each other in that way. But the the commonality between the work we do and the things that excite us is very similar. And he's also identifies more as like pansexual, heterosexual. He's married to a woman. And it's this very new feeling for me of not needing or wanting to have sex with him, but to feel into my vulnerability in being open with him and honest and loving and kind and generous and intimate in a way that's unfamiliar for me. And I have to tell you, it's scary. It feels so awkward and new in my body. And I'm really lucky because I've been able to say all of this to him. And him say, yeah, I feel you kind of come in and out and really like, I'm not sure if you're wanting friendship with me or, or not. And I, and I confirmed, yes, that is, <laughs> that, is, that is what you're feeling from me. And it's because this is such an unfamiliar, uncomfortable feeling for me. And also so delicious. If you would be willing to just stay in it with me, I would so appreciate that. And he's like, I get it. You know, so to have somebody who is willing to meet me in that place, and also to hear me and not judge my process is—it's been a really, a really beautiful exploration.
0: That's real, and I relate to that. Like every week, the uh, me and like nine other gay men we gather around the table to play board games, and there's always like someone that's the object of my obsession, or like I, I want to have sex with you but also like i know that this is neither the time nor the place to like communicate that and i also am trying so hard to just be like let's just be two gay men who are friends rather than like uh, you know have sex let's let's get there because i I think as gay men we're always on the hunt for the next sexual conquest right and it's nice to just be platonic (laughs) with someone
1: (laughs) yeah i feel like you know it's our sex, I think, is is tied a lot to our value because because when when we're growing up as as gay men or as queer, I'm just going to say queer bodies, mm-hmm. we're having to hide. A lot of us had to hide in order to stay safe. Right? It didn't feel safe enough to actually actualize ourselves, and so when we come out, our kind of capacity to draw erotic attention to ourselves. Sec- I'm going to say, not even erotic, sexual attention to ourselves mm. draws value to us as humans and so, or as men. And so when we're denied that, it feels like another affront of like, wow, well, I'm actually like showing up as myself now and I'm still being denied or I'm still being pushed away. And wow, that feels so horrible. Right? Yeah, And I, you know, for me personally, I I am often sexualized. I'm fetishized. I get messages constantly with pics that I didn't ask for, oh, with, yeah. with requests, and and people are constantly wanting to rack my brain <laughs> without paying me for the information. Mm. And it really gets overwhelming to the point where it's like I have, and you know, this is like maybe two different people. There's the person that doesn't feel desired. And wants to feel what that feels like, and that's like an exploration for that client. For me personally, I know what it feels like to be desired. I know what it that that's a constant for me, and it's sometimes it's tiring. And so, to be in situations where I'm not sexualized, it actually feels like a relief.
0: You mean to be treated like a person? What? Yeah, my like boy. we don't have to
1: like. It's not like a, this, The it's not a handshake, right? <laughs> yeah. the f- like gay men's handshake is like, let's fuck,
0: get it out of the way. Names later.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've offered that to, you know, men that I've had sex with where, you know, the sex was fine and I felt like it wasn't going to be more than that, right? And so I said, you know, I, I don't think we're going to be boyfriends or partners and i really think you're a great guy and i would love to be friends and very very rarely have people taken me up on that
0: yeah that's so frustrating like you know hey gay man we can have sex and still be friends or not have sex and be friends like not everything is is sex 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 like we've treated sex as if it's our currency and when we run out of sex and we run out of good looks then we're like not even worthy of attention anymore. And it's like, we got to reshape that narrative. Like <laughs> it's tiring. Anyway, that's, that's a current exploration. I probably a
1: year ago, I would have said I was really exploring dominance as a way of, of connecting with in the erotic space and, you know, coming up against a lot of like cultural questioning. Right. And, and I think that's a, that's a big hurdle for people who want to be in more of a submissive and surrender place and people who are wanting to be more dominant is you come up against cultural narratives, which are like, I, I'm not supposed to hit people, right? I'm not supposed to call people names or tell them what to do. This seems so harsh, right? And it it's like, unf- it's unfamiliar in the body. And and at the same time, you're like, and I, some, <laughs> for some reason, I really like this. And so it's like this, it's like this polarity of feelings that, again, are uncomfortable. And you, when you want something, you kind of stay in the discomfort. And so for me, I think a year, year and a half ago, I was really in that place of feeling uncomfortable in it. And I've come to the other side where I really love playing in that way
0: court you're so full of insight and just like such a wonderful person and like <laughs> thank, thank <laughs> <much>. no. <laughs> no because I, I really like it when fellow sex educators they they become so vulnerable and intimate with their own insecurities and their own like journey and like it, it just goes to show that even the' war educators ourselves and when it comes to something as like the human experience or sexuality or whatever, like we're we're not necessarily at one hundred all the time. We're also doing the work through our work, and I really like that. And and I th- I feel like you've really highlighted that aspect in our conversation. And it's it, I just thank you, Court. Thank <laughs> you. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, but yeah. before we wrap up, and I never wrap up anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, <laughs> that was a good joke. You got it. <laughs> that was a good joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um,
0: do you have like any parting words of wisdom for our audience that they want to take away from this conversation?
1: Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I could wrap things up in a tiny <laughs> bow. I I actually think that, you know, that's actually one of the agreements that we have on retreats and also in in my private work is, it you know, kind of expect non-closure, which is... The journey is not linear. I think what I aim to offer people is not all the answers. I aim to offer more questions and more curiosity when people leave. Because when we stop being curious and we stop being willing and we stop being open, that's when we die, our spirit dies, right? And so if if we could just accept that things are not going to be tied up in a neat little way all the time, and that our journey is going to look like a like this. I don't know if people are going to see <laughs> me squiggle, moving like a crazy squiggle, not a straight line. line. It's oh, a squiggle. squiggle. It's a tangle. It's not a straight line. <laughs> It becomes a little bit easier, right? You just kind of like, "Ooh, this is a fun ride." Right? <laughs> so,
0: yeah, this is ooh, ooh there—that
1: yeah. wasn't expected, right? So, ooh, in that, that spot, that's, that's ooh, what after. I like to. Yeah, yeah, ooh. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's. I think those are my parting words of wisdom.
0: I love it. Well, Court, uh, do you have anything to? Plug, like where can people find you? I know you plugged your your offerings, but like yeah, you know, your socials. I plugged them, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah. You can follow me on uh Courtvox on Instagram, um The BodyVox on Instagram. I'm also on Twitter, um Facebook, working on uh actually by the time this launches, I will also be on TikTok. Fun. <laughs> <So, laughs> you yeah, have fun times. I can't
0: wait. You
1: can this join us like in the what, dance trends. <laughs> yeah. What other platform do I need to be on to... Uh, to LinkedIn.
0: You know? or, I don't know. Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn too.
1: Wow. There's just so many
0: Uh, oh gosh there's just so many i don't know if i can handle hey you you know what as long as people can find you and access the work that you do and and make like good change in this world i think that's all that matters uh
1: oh and and my web my website thebodyvox.com
0: perfect well Corey, thank you so much for coming on the show and I, I, I can't thank you enough for the work it is that you do, especially to gay men, and because um, Lord knows we need it. Uh, <laughs> But, and to all the listeners that have made it this far into this chaotic ass conversation thank you for listening to another episode of the Sex Ed with Tim podcast don't forget to rate, review, subscribe hit the like button, follow button, whatever because you're supporting queer content and if you don't then you're a homophobe and I don't make the rules, sorry
1: <laughs> thank you so much for
0: listening to another episode of the Sex Ed with Tim podcast I will see you all at the next one bye, bye. thanks for listening to the Sex Ed with Tim podcast Sex Ed with Tim is Chris. Created and produced by me, Tim Lagman. Music is "Aces High" by Kevin MacLeod. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at @gayslutclown and at SexedWithTim. You can also like and follow me on the Sex Ed with Tim Facebook page. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for all your support, you dirty little slut. Mwah.
1: Thank <laughs> you.